Welcome to it. It's Husker Sports Weekly, your one-stop shop for all things Husker Sports. It's episode number 95, and it is game week for the Nebraska Cornhusker football team. We're just two days away from kickoff in Dublin, Ireland, as we're recording this on Thursday, August 25th. So that's starting up here. Husker Volleyball gets started tomorrow at the Devaney Center. So lots of exciting times happening for Nebraska Athletics. And we are just about in full swing of this new college athletic season, which is extremely exciting. So we are here to talk about volleyball, get a little bit of an insight to their season, and then dive in to the Week Zero season opener between Nebraska and Northwestern. But before we get into any of that, Connor Clark and Grant Hansen are here with you. As always, you can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and at Hansen Not Hansen. You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly and search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast networks to find our show. So starting off the show, episode number 95, first of all, we're five away from 100, which is pretty cool. Here we go. Triple digits. But Husker Volleyball is in business this Friday at the Devaney Center a team that is preseason number one, which many expected, and a team that many expect to see in Omaha in the Final Four and probably in the National Championship game and probably holding the trophy after said National Championship oh, game. Oh, let's, let's not go that I far. mean, I, you know, I'm going to drink... Expectations are high. If I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid on the football team, I'll drink the Kool-Aid on the volleyball team. How and about that? And that's warranted. I, I got to do it at some point. But they open up the season tomorrow at 11 a.m., Grant is on the call for that game, so Woo! go listen to him. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, exactly. Baby. 11 a.m. Grant, what are you looking forward to most in this season? Obviously, expectations are high. Yes. What are you looking for? Look, I, I think it's really interesting because you have this dichotomy from these last, like comparing these last two years, right? Because in both years, Nebraska is breaking in some significantly talented freshmen, but freshmen at you know positions of high importance. So last year, it's outside hitter. Uh, Lindsey Krause, Ali Batenhorst, Whitney Lonstein, uh, just to name a few. So you bring in those three. Now we get to see them in year two, sophomore year. How much of a jump is there? You know, who's really trying to, you know, starting to stick out around the crowd? Then you think about Kennedy Orr, who is going to be Nebraska's setter this year, was a freshman last year, did not play for the majority of the season. She played a little bit earlier on. She is effectively a freshman. So you're going to get her there as now a sophomore setter. And then you go to the middles. And the middles are really, really fascinating. Uh, specifically, Becca Alec. Uh, she, you can just tell, you know, Becca, and then you look on uh, the other side, those two freshman middles, Maggie Mendelson, six foot five, who's going to be playing some Husker women's basketball later on this year. But you you see those two athletes, uh, they're kind of different in some ways than some of the freshmen last year. It's almost like they they have bigger personalities. Is kind of the general vibe I'm getting. So that's going to be really interesting to see how they operate. Uh, and then year two for another freshman last year who was thrown into the fire and Lexi Rodriguez and she certainly certainly succeeded in that environment uh ended up being the freshman you know freshman of the year for the AVCA so and a team captain this year and a team captain this year yeah and, and so it, it is and then Nicklin Hames in the background there's a number of things that are really fascinating that we're going to get to see for the first time this weekend and and we're also probably going to get a glimpse at the future too 
um, because Coach Cook said he's going to play a lot of people this week. So you could see Hayden Kubik, I think, this weekend. I think there's a chance you, you certainly see that. Of course, you're obviously going to see all three of the freshmen, uh, Middles, Maggie Mendelson, uh, Becca Alex, sorry, all two of the freshman Middles. <laughs> uh, and then you'll probably see Ani Evans getting some time at setter as well. So it, it, you're going to see pretty much the entire roster this weekend. Um, and then two, let's not let this fly under the radar, All-American transfer Caitlin Horde from Penn State. You, you get to see her. Uh, on on the court for the first time, and we'll see what how Nebraska operates, um, you know, without Lawrence Stiffens, without um, Kayla Caffey. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting group, and you mentioned the jump between freshman and sophomore year for a lot of these players, and how big is that jump going to be? How big of an impact are they going to make? We expect it to be a fairly big impact, obviously, because of what they did last year and what they were able to accomplish. And many people didn't think that, well, they would accomplish uh, what they were able to a season ago. A couple of notes on the season schedule here for Nebraska. They play at 11 a.m. tomorrow against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, as Grant said. And then they will play again at 6.30 against Tulsa. And then on Saturday at 7 o'clock, they will play host to Pepperdine following that football game. So I'm sure Devaney will be crowded, especially mm. if the uh, the Huskers on the football field can win earlier that day. Well, and if the red-white scrimmage is any sort of harbinger right. for what's to come, that thing was almost totally sold out for a 3-0 sweep. And I mean, just for just for playing three sets, and then one of the you know players was assistant coach uh, Jalen Reyes, which I thought was kind of funny. I I saw He's footage. I saw footage from. The red-white scrimmage, I'm like, wait a minute, like, who, who is that? I'm like, he's not on a team. I, he, that's impossible. A couple, couple other non-conference notes at uh, what's coming up on the slate before the Huskers begin conference play on September the 23rd. You can see Kentucky. That is a huge showdown at Lexington. That's a Sunday match on ESPNU. Uh, Stanford comes to town next uh, September the 13th. That's a Tuesday. Uh, again, you'll remember the Huskers did not fare very well. Uh, when they visited Stanford last season, so it'll be interesting to see what things, how things change. Husker fans will likely bring it for that match, and then Creighton, Huskers heading uh, up uh, to Omaha again this season. That's a five o'clock match uh, on Wednesday, so kind of an earlier start. <clears throat> start, excuse me, that's on FS1. So, uh, and then also next week in Ole Miss. But I, I think you know if you're looking at the three non-conference matches that are really big highlights matches to be aware of Creighton Stanford and Kentucky and they're all coming up um, about two weeks from now is the last one in Kentucky and then Creighton's uh, Creighton is Creighton next no it's two weeks Creighton's two weeks from now a a lot of big non-con matchups you mentioned Kentucky and Stanford one thing that really caught my eye in conference play is the last three games of the year Mm. are all at the Devaney Center it's Purdue Wisconsin and Minnesota. It's a massive homestand. Exactly. And, that, and those three matches come in the span of seven days. Right. That's so huge. You get three heavyweights in the Big Ten Conference within a week to close out the regular season. And that's really going to show you how battle-tested this team is going into tournament time. Say they take two of three in that you know group of death or whatever you want to call it. That could be huge going into the postseason. Devil's triangle. Right. Sure. I like that even better. Uh, but that could be huge going into the field in the tournament and how they stack up against other teams. We've talked about Texas here in the last couple of weeks over the offseason. That's a team that Nebraska may see. Well, can we get a good idea of what they're going to look like, say they run into Texas? 
with that three-game stretch ending that season, or even in the non-con games that you mentioned, Grant, with Kentucky and Stanford, really, and, and Creighton as well, because they have and, a good volleyball program too. And look, I think a lot of people last year, especially when Nebraska was struggling to terminate on the outsides, really like kind of took issue, or maybe there was some grumblings or questionings around Co- Coach Cook's strategy. Hey, look, we're going to try to play everybody. We're going to play a really like we're. Gonna, I think he even said recently he kind of regretted it a little bit to the extent that he was flexible with his um, lineups last year, but. Look, we're going to try to figure out this whole thing in the non-con, and then once we get to the conference play, we're going to be fine. Like, in in many ways, right, like, Coach Cook is thinking and coaching for December and not September. And, you know, I think folks can look back at at last year and see the results of that strategy. Uh, And so it, it is a little bit different this year, though, because now Nebraska does have that opening season, you know, preseason number one target on its back. Um, And that's certainly something that everybody in this tourney this weekend is going to be aware of. It'll be exciting. The season starts tomorrow, 11 a.m. sharp. Be there or be square. With Grant, I won't be there because... I have class, but <laughs> and I'm skipping. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we can clearly see who is the good student out of the. I'm hey just now. kidding. I'm just kidding. If you look at Grant's GPA, I guarantee you it's higher than mine. But let's move on to football, okay? Mm. Because I don't want to talk about is here. class anymore because we've done it for. This is our fourth day of the year already, and we're already tired of it. But yes, Nebraska and Northwestern week zero is finally here. We've talked about it for months, it feels like. This month of August, for me at least, I felt has just dragged on to the culmination of these two teams playing in Dublin, Ireland. And, oh, wait, we still have 48 hours to wait for that game as well. But this is a big game, obviously, for Scott Frost. People are saying not so much for Pat Fitzgerald because, you know, he has much better job security at Northwestern, this and that, which is very, very true. 100% true. And... This is going to be arguably one of the biggest tests of the year, I think, for Nebraska because, A, we saw what happened week zero last year. They didn't really, at least in my opinion, they didn't really seem very prepared, A, for Brett Bielema and Illinois. Luckily, you know what Pat Fitzgerald brings to the table, so you're not kind of taking a shot in the dark at a new head coach in the Big Ten. But this is a a Northwestern team that, besides last year, has played you very, very well. Yes, and, and and I think another difference, too, for Nebraska from here and then last year is you have the added benefit of having already played a Week 0 game a year ago and having a, the majority of the players on your roster with that experience under their belt and certainly the leadership uh, on the roster with that experience under their belt. Looking back even to Sunday's press conference, Garrett Nelson was talking about um, – you know, just trying to basically not gripping the stick so hard and that you basically crash into the mountain because you're so tense and so worried. Um, here's the full quote on that. You don't want to hold onto the stick too tight and crash into the mountain, says Nebraska junior edge trans- or defender Garrett Nelson. Obviously, we know the stakes. We know what's riding on it. We know the pressure, and that's all great. That elevates your play and your focus. But when you start looking for things to not hit, you usually end up hitting them instead of looking for the path to success. As a leader, I just want guys to know that, yeah, there's a lot at stake and a lot of pressure, but we've done the training, we've done the work, we enjoy playing with each other. we just got to go out, do that when a different color is on the field. 
And, and so that that is one added layer to this, I think, that's important, right? That Nebraska's leadership understands that there needs to be a balance struck between, yes, this is important, yes, we need to be um, you know, serious and dedicated and aware of the stakes going into this season opener, but at the same time, we got to avoid being too tense. You know, we, we got to trust in what we've already accomplished. And so I, I think, you know, that is something to definitely uh, be aware of if you're a Husker fan, um, just that the team has that knowledge of that. And by the way, yesterday, black shirts were handed out. Garrett Nelson being one of those yep. players that was a black shirt recipient. Miles Farmer, Luke Reimer, Caleb Tanner, Mark, Mark was, Bur- wow. Marquez Buford. If I could talk, that would be that would be awesome. Buford, thank you. Quentin Newsom, Ty Robinson, Garrett Nelson, as I mentioned, Nick Henrich, and Colton Feast are the nine black shirts so far. We will probably see more as the season rolls on. Undoubtedly. A question I have for you, Grant. What do you expect to see from Nebraska's offense, which is obviously a little bit new look coordinator-wise, quarterback-wise, and a little bit receiver-wise as well against a Northwestern defense that – Lost Brandon Joseph to Notre Dame in the transfer portal. Yep. And I think a lot of people are forgetting this. They lost Chris Bergen as well, who led college football in tackles a season yes. ago. What do you expect to see from Nebraska's Well, offense? and look, I, I think Bryce Gallagher, also a linebacker, uh, still there. Um, look, he's really productive. Man, but when you look at it, like, for, I, and I hate to get caught up in this, because we have a, you know, we kind of have a running joke on our group about PFF football grades. Uh, but look, if you look at Gallagher's PFF grades, they are horrendous, um, like in the fifties for everything. So he produces, um, but you know, he is not, I think, you know, some of the great Northwestern linebackers of old. And I I think, and, and so here's the thing to me, like a lot of folks, I feel like are really focusing on Nebraska defense and Nebraska's ability, especially on the interior to stop the run. Because Northwestern is going to run the ball. And look, rightfully so, that deserves attention. But to me, where the game is really going to be decided is where Nebraska runs the football. If Nebraska is able to run the ball successfully and consistently against Northwestern, they're going to win the football game. And if you look at Northwestern's last year rushing defense, 130 FBS teams, Wildcats finish 119th, allowed 213 rushing yards per game. That, to me, is the biggest thing. And I think, you know, you also have to watch the rest of the offensive line. You're going to have a new center in Trent Hickson. Is Bryce Benhart better at the right tackle, especially on the pass protection side? Teddy Prohoshka, I think a lot of people are basically thinking he's a given. I don't know if he is. He's played one and a half college football games. And then you also have Turner Corcoran in a new position on the inside. That's if Bryce Benhart works at the right tackle. If Bryce Benhart doesn't work, Corcoran's going to be on in that spot. So that, to me, is my the biggest area of concern slash the biggest thing I am watching heading into this weekend. How does Nebraska run the football? Is this running back room as good as everyone has talked them up to be all fall camp? And if it is, Nebraska's going to win, and I think they win handily. Because... Northwestern's lost lost both of their interior linemen. Uh, they replaced them with a pair of transfers, one from Stanford, one from Wyoming. Um, and look, neither of those guys uh, in Jalen Pate, Wyoming, Ryan Johnson, Stanford, yet yeah, they don't have 10 college football starts combined 
And both those guys are like fifth-year guys. So they've got experience. They don't have starting experience. So Nebraska should be able to run against Northwestern. And if they can't, that is a huge red flag. Yeah, I agree. And if they can run successfully, not only against Northwestern, but a lot of their Big Ten opponents, they could put themselves in positions to win said ball games. Yes, you have to. I mean, you have to run the ball well to win in the Big Ten. And what we've heard, what we've heard all fall camp is that this offensive line strength is run blocking as opposed to pass blocking. And that was true last year. Look at, I mean, again, back to the PFF grades, but like these are truly horrendous, right? I believe Turner Corcoran and Bryce Benhart, Bryce Benhart certainly was, but both of those guys had sub 30 PFF pass protection grades. That's an F. Uh, yes. And the max, by the way, is a hundred. So, and, and most guys, like if you're like bad are in like the fifties, average 60, 70. So, you know, I, I think if this team cannot run block, and you you know they're going to be better at run blocking than pass blocking. So if they can't if they can't create lanes for the run game, there are going to be some serious issues all year long. Just a couple of quick notes about this game heading into it. Nebraska is nine and six all time against Northwestern, and is six and five against Northwestern since joining the Big Ten. Six of the first 11 Big Ten games, and we all know this very, very well, between these two teams were decided by three points or less, which was an ongoing theme for a long, long time ago. Northwestern last year, and I know it's different this year, but they scored 14 or fewer points in seven of their last eight games a season ago. That is not very good, and obviously a team in Northwestern who struggled offensively still hasn't announced a starting quarterback. I expect it to be Ryan Holinsky, but we will see come game time. I also wouldn't be surprised if they go with a two-quarterback system. They did do that in 2018 with Clayton Thorson and TJ Green. Granted, that was because of a Thorson injury, but Fitzgerald is no stranger to going with a two-quarterback system. Well, and, and they did it last year, too, effectively. Some of it, they I think, like was three. due into, into, into injury, but there was a basically a three-way split at the quarterback position. Like We think of Ryan Helinski in a lot of ways as last year's starter for Northwestern. He started five games. And none of those three quarterbacks threw for over 1,000 yards. Right. And so uh, I, I, think, I think, yes, you expect Helinski... Joseph is interesting, though, and, and and I think in many ways, this team would be they would be totally willing to switch. Uh, like if you're getting a situation where, you know, where Helinski isn't doing anything, Joseph can bring you some pop. He can make plays with his legs. I, it wouldn't shock me if first half things are going poorly, and then Coach Fitzgerald says, "All right, we're going to go with Joseph." Yeah, and I, he can. Plan it out. I mean, last time again, this is back to the Thorson situation in 2018. He didn't tell he didn't tell the media about who was going to start. He's doing something similar here. That tells me that maybe is something planned out here because he did that time. It worked for the couple of games that they did do that, and they finally just went back to Thorson, who was the regular starter beforehand. But Nebraska and Northwestern week zero, we're talking. The season opener between these two teams. Northwestern has a group of running backs in Evan Hall and Cam Porter. Stable, if you will. Yes. And Cam Porter was really, really good in 2020. Evan Hall was pretty good in 2021. It'll be interesting to see how they balance those two and how they attack Nebraska's defense. Will they split carries? Yes. I know Evan Hall will 
you know, he was a starter last year because of a Cam Porter injury, and how much will Cam Porter be integrated back into that everyday offense? Right, and and so like here's the thing, right? Uh, I know, like I went on this huge rant about how Nebraska running the ball is more important than them stopping it, but it is pretty important. Like these are the the run game will decide this contest, I think, whether it's raining or not, and. I, I like you go back to the interior. I, I think the fact that Colton Feast got a black shirt probably means that he's starting at defensive tackle. So you're probably looking at Ty Robinson, Colton Feast on the inside, um, O'Shawn Garrett Nelson on the outside, and then maybe Caleb Tanner gets in there in some packages. I don't know what they'll actually do after that, but like I, I, I feel solid about that prediction. And again, Colton Feast is one of these guys we've heard a lot about, right? A true walk on story at Nebraska. Will he produce? That's a big. That's a big issue, uh, and so it, it's a talented group. I, I fully expect them to rotate uh, in terms of no- Northwestern's running backs between Hole and Porter. I fully expect them to rotate so they can have a fresh back, basically, um, you know, in almost every down. Uh, so I, I think that's definitely really important. Um, but it's. It's definitely the second factor. To me, the number one factor, can Nebraska run the ball? The number two factor, can Nebraska stop the run? It's all about running. I think it really is. Controlling the trenches. Yeah, and and yeah, in my mind, the game 100% is decided there. I agree. Um, and, and then on the flip side, like Northwestern's offense last year was horrendous in the red zone. 128 out of uh, 130 teams in the FBS in terms of red zone scoring, they scored 67.6% of the time. They have another thing that people, I think this is another thing that's really flown under the radar. They've got a new punter, new long snapper, and a new kicker. So totally new specialist. And I think maybe with the exception of long snapper, that's true for Nebraska too. We know about Uh, special teams here. But, you know, that's another thing to monitor uh, as we get closer to, to kickoff in Dublin. Now, I was asked this question not last week, but two weeks ago when we were preparing for Hale Varsity Radio, and I want to ask you this question. I've asked you this question, I think, off-air once, but I think it's a good discussion to get into heading into this game. If you're a betting man, what spread are you confident in putting your money on saying Nebraska will cover this spread, no questions asked? How many points? God, that's tough. Because <sighs> I said three. And I think I gotta agree with you. Yeah, I said a field goal because, again, I, it goes back to. And I know last year is different, but at the same time, how could you not go back to last year, week zero? I'm worried. There's something lingering in the back of my mind. What if Nebraska isn't prepared? I just I I don't know about I prepared. I have less issues with mainly because Mark Whipple, Bill Bush. You know, I, I felt like the defense was at close to adequately prepared last year. So, I, you know, it isn't just Scott who's handling that. Uh, so I, I think that kind of quells my fears on that front. I just don't know how all these pieces fit together and no good plan survives contact. So, you know, once the bullets start flying, how do things actually develop? And who has a stronger culture? I think, you know, Northwestern year over year has the stronger culture. I know that's kind of talked about, you know, agnosium in in the media just in general, but you know, I think once once the game gets going, you know, who who 
has the better culture, that's going to be the people who stay the most calm, the most stable, who have the best leaders. So we'll find that out as well. Um, traditionally, that's been Northwestern. And so like the point spread, and we'll get into this a little bit later when we do kind of our new pick segment. Um, but you know, the line right now for Nebraska is 13 and a half points. That's insane. I mean, it is absolutely insane. Look, I know what happened last year. I get it. But at the same time, to, to think that this team is going to come out and perform at the same level as it did last year in the just instantly, I just I think that is just too high. I think it's too high an expectation, um, you know, from a national perspective. It takes more than one game for me to get away from history of this matchup too, because that's really the first time that there's been a huge blowout game between these two. Well, teams. yeah, I think it's the biggest point spread. Yeah, yeah, and you factor in last year that's not obviously the first game of the year it's a night game it's homecoming here at nebraska i think that adds a little bit of juice into the game especially for the huskers they get back to 500 after winning that game with a big week looming in michigan obviously we know how that game ended but at the time it was an important game and they weren't going to let the opportunity slip them up now, this time, it's everybody's a clean slate. Everybody's 0-0. Zero and zero. This sets the tone, really, for college football yet again in, in the 2022 season this time. And Northwestern, as you mentioned, is traditionally stronger culturally. They're very, very disciplined. It doesn't take talent to be disciplined, and they have a whole lot of discipline. And that's something that worries me because they don't get penalized a lot. We've seen Nebraska get penalized quite a bit. I'm not saying that's going to be the difference of the game, but that's something to look out for because – you know, we've seen unsportsman or not unsportsman, like personal fouls at untimely times. We've seen holdings at untimely times. We've yeah, seen pass interference. Period. Yeah. Yes. So will that play into a factor for Nebraska this year? Because we all know Northwestern is a very disciplined team, and even when they don't have the talent pool as well as other teams, hence really the two years that they made the Big Ten championship game. They're one of the best disciplined teams in the entire country. That's how they made it in 2018. That's how they made it in 2020. You could argue that the 2020 team was a little bit better, but they're very disciplined. They don't make mistakes, and when they do make mistakes, it's not going to hurt them really in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and it's because they take care of the football. They do. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that like that's been a huge emphasis too, right? Like Mark Whipple has talked a ton about that, how, look, Sometimes you give these games in the opener away in the first quarter. You don't want to do that. And so how does that develop? I mean, I mean, think about this, because last year Nebraska certainly did that against Illinois. I mean, you think back to the safety, uh, the Cam Taylor-Britt pump return safety. Uh, that's another thing that's just like, whoa, wow. That's you, just like, what, what were you thinking? And it's two points. Yeah. It's two points. And in fact, in fact, I think on the next drive – Nebraska recovers a fumble, correct, in plus territory. I believe. I mean, like I they took I, a seven to two lead. I know that. So that's the thing, right? Like you look at something happening and transpiring like that, and you th you look, ah, it's just two points. Ah, it's just two points, and then and then you and then you get the fumble right back, and oh, we wiped that. We're okay. No, that game that set the tone for the rest of the game. So it's not even like oh, you're in a fourteen zero hole right out of the gate. No, like. Those kind of mistakes, those kind of failures can set you up for a whole lot worse, especially if you are not mentally sound, if you are not culturally sound. 
And let's be honest, Nebraska hasn't been that in years past. Now, they think this year is the best culture that they've had. Maybe so. Maybe last year's failures have really turned things around from an internal perspective. Like, we thought we were good last year. Well, that's not good enough. But I think there's a lot of merit to what Mark Whipple says about you not want to give the game away in the first quarter. And Nebraska certainly did that last year, even though it was two points, even though they got you know the ensuing ball the ball back on the ensuing drive. You do not want to do that here against Northwestern because they will certainly take advantage. They sit around and they wait for you to make mistakes. That's how they win games. It's exactly how they win games. And you're right. The, even though it's two points, it set the tone of the game. And yeah, okay, your mentality as a coach say, all right, next play mentality. Here we go. Let's keep the foot on the gas or whatever. You get you give up a you gift Illinois safety like that that's going to be a little bit harder for a player to get over especially right in the moment especially when it's a player like CTB was and how talented he you rarely see him make a mistake like that so you have to avoid and he was a captain he was a captain captain. yeah and you're right Northwestern just waits and waits and waits and once you screw up they're on top of it, and that's one of the scarier things about playing Northwestern. Even, again, when you're more talented roster-wise and on paper, you're more talented, which Nebraska is, if you make mistakes, that's not going to matter as much. And if you get penalized, it's not gonna get, that's not going to matter as much. And if you can't convert in the red zone, it's not going to matter as much. I feel like that was a big problem we ran into a season ago with the Huskers. Yes, 100%. So how does that change with Mark Whipple calling the plays? Right? Right. We're going to see that. Like, There were certain aspects in years past where we thought, hey, what's what's it going to look like with Scott Frost not calling plays? Well, we're going to see that for the first time. And we're going to really, I think, get a good idea – of like there's a lot of talk about Frost being mopey about not calling plays. Well, we're going to see how hard he works when he's not calling plays. Like he mentioned, hey, look, I can be looking at the defense, can be monitoring those things, seeing which ways I can help Whipple out on that front, an extra pair of eyes looking elsewhere, not at a play sheet. So we're, we're going to see what that looks like. And I think that's got to be exciting for a lot of people because it's either going to work or it won't, obviously. And we're finally going to get to see that because that's something people have been clamoring for like since year three, maybe even year two. One thing I'm interested about too, and Mark Whipple kind of touched on this in his press conference yesterday after practice is he's never called plays in the Big Ten. So how is he going to adjust to what Fitz throws at him defensively? And how was Fitz and his coaching staff going to adjust to that Mark Whipple offense that they haven't seen before? We know it's very air attack. It will yes. probably remain that way through the first couple of weeks, and we will probably see that a lot against Northwestern. And, and Northwestern has this reputation, and rightfully so, as one of the smarter teams, one of the smarter coaching staffs it's the in League the, Big, of the Ten. Big Ten. And they have been really put through their paces for this offseason, and, and Coach Fitzgerald mentioned it, right? Like, you got to watch Trey Palmer film at LSU. You got to go watch Casey Thompson film at Texas. You got to go watch Mark Whipple film at Pittsburgh. So you're watching all these things and then wondering how do they integrate into the Scott Frost offense and different parts of what Scott Frost had before? How much of it do we see? So, you know, they've been really tested, I think, on that front uh, to prepare for this game. And so we're going to find out, as you mentioned, right? 
being a little bit nervous? Is Nebraska prepared? They weren't last year. But we're going to find out which team prepared better. And that's certainly something we're going to find out as well. Yeah, I think it's if you're a Husker fan, it's okay to be nervous. I am nervous. I'm also very excited, obviously, because it's an exciting time. But I'm nervous for this game. That's why I picked the spread at three to be very confident about if I were a betting man on this game to pick the Huskers to cover. I just I know and we've we've talked to a lot of people around campus and really on our first day of class we're talking about because we're in a sports data analytics class together data and we're data and and we're talking about the game and how like okay how did numbers affect the game whatever statistics from last year and everybody's like well we beat them 56 to 7 last year we're probably going to beat them again by a lot true and i I agree i don't think it's true either because again the game is not here you have to fly overseas. Now, granted, Northwestern has to do that as well. But you have to deal with all of that. And considering you haven't had success here in the Scott Frost era without all that outside noise right. and those logistical challenges, how are they going to react with this given situation? It seems like they've done a good job so far. But again, when the bright lights are on and the stage is at its biggest, we'll, we'll find out in between the lines if they're ready or not. And as you mentioned last year, they were not ready. No. They were not no. prepared. It, it's going to be fascinating. And it's funny. Like, I know you said like the summer has flown by, or is dragged on, specifically August. It is not. It is not for me. It's like I, it's not set in that there's a football game on Saturday. Um, but, you know, I, I think – I think there's a lot of questions that are going to get answered, and there's probably going to be a number of questions that get raised. I don't think it's going to be clean. Um, no. I really don't think it's going to be clean. We like uh, sloppy Big Ten football. And maybe I'm wrong. And it's muddy, and we're going to ruin all their new grass. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I just I don't think it's going to be perfect. Uh, there's going to be plenty of things to critique. There's going to be things that go well. If they lose the game, things will devolve into chaos. Yes. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, you think about... Uh, like, like, you think about how... You lose a game in high school, and you've got... Let's say you were on a road trip, so you've got like an hour, maybe an hour and a half ride home on the bus. And, you know, our school had this weird thing where basically if you lost, you couldn't talk on the way back, which is kind of funny. I feel that's kind of a standard Um, practice. I I don't think – so it was like a rule. Oh, okay. I think you just kind of let that happen naturally. The fact that you made it a rule is a little bit weird (laughs) to me. Um, Okay, well, imagine that, but it's a 10, 8-hour – you know, 10 to 8-hour plane ride. Like it's like thirteen, I think actually. Yeah, it's even longer. So it's going to be awkward. Northwestern's taking it a little bit like lighter. Like they've got a banquet that night, and then they got another day there, which could be worse. Honestly, like you lose, and then you're like, "Well, I guess we're stuck in Ireland." Um, but just imagine, like it's basically your hour and a half awkward bus ride after losing a high school football game, but like times twelve. <laughs> I feel like, and before we get to our new segment, I feel like that's something that we should touch on. What if Nebraska loses? What's next? What yeah, happens? and then you got North Dakota, and you're down a prep day. Yeah, no bye week. Quick turnaround against North Dakota. Luckily, it's at home. It's the home opener. But and they're going to have the to do response? that, by the way, if they win or lose. Well, yeah. So, uh, look, 
it's obviously going to be a lot worse if they lose for them. What do you think that, like, obviously the state of the fan base isn't going to be very high. No. Are people going to be calling for Scott Frost's head? What's Probably. Going to, I mean, it'll be, be probably on? pretty similar to Illinois a year ago, I think. Do you think a loss this year, week zero, is worse than a loss week zero last year? 100%, because they have gone through this before. Okay. Yeah. Because, okay, I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page there. If, I mean, you could leave your thoughts as well on our Twitter page at Husker Weekly. If, if Nebraska does lose, what's your opinion? Does Frost go? Does whatever? Nothing. How are you no feeling? Opinion. No opinion. No, because that doesn't determine the rest of the year. It really doesn't. Uh, it definitely makes the rest of the year much harder. I, I guess we did see that last year that it doesn't it really certainly determine. does not. Last year is the I mean even though they finished three and nine, which look after they lost to Illinois, I bet a lot of people would feel more comfortable with three and nine than anything else. But it didn't like the way they competed the rest of the year was not defined by that Illinois game. Right. Yeah, they didn't roll over and die. They they right. gave everybody their best shot. So uh, that was that was really exciting to see. All right, Grant. Give me your new topic. I keep forgetting the name of it. It's yeah. really simple, but it's really, it is really simple. It's clever. All right, just give it to me. Pulling this from another podcast that I that I used to do. Uh, this will be our closer. This will be our closer for the football season. But uh, it's called one two and you, meaning we pick two college football games we like against the spread, and then the Nebraska game being the third one uh, in weeks where Nebraska has a buy. Uh, we will pick a random NU. Uh, could be Northwestern, Go Cats. Uh, Nevada. Uh, let me see. Is there any, any other NUs uh, uh, at the top of my head? Uh, I think you could even go as far as to say UNLV. <laughs> you could make <laughs> a stretch really there. If you really wanted to stretch it. Uh, but this week we're going to pick the same three games just because. Why not? Why not? And also because there aren't a whole lot of selections. Right. Like, for example, Austin P and Western Kentucky, which is technically the real first college football game of the year. You're the, not there's no be spread. Watching that? There's no spread on that game, which it's, is just so disappointing because I wanted to bet. It's on CBS. So uh, we will pick Nebraska Northwestern, UConn, Utah State, and Wyoming, Illinois. So we'll start there. Go ahead, Connor. You said the spread earlier. 11 Nebraska, points. Nebraska. Uh, oh. Illinois, Wyoming is 11 points. Oh, sorry. I thought we were starting with. Yeah, you, we Never end, mind. We end, we with, end with Nebraska. Oh, yeah. My, my fault. Illinois, 11-point spread. You you also talked about this spread earlier. Illinois favored by 11 points. I don't see that. I'm picking Wyoming to definitely cover here. The over-under is 44. I don't know how that's going to play out, and I know that's not what we're picking. But Illinois, 11 points. That's a lot of points. And I and I understand that Illinois kind of gained ground in being successful with Bielema in year one and give them credit for that, but I do not see them – covering an 11-point spread against Wyoming. And Wyoming's a decent football team, too. That's that's not an easy Week 0 opponent for Illinois, either. No, it isn't. Uh, Wyoming, in 2021, uh, won their first four games of the year. So they finished 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Won their bowl game against Kent State. So a 7-6 and six actual or true final record. Uh, so they're a decent football team. Uh, i got to agree with you. It's funny. We're going to be kind of lame, I think, this week. And we're probably all going to end up picking the same way. Um, because these lines are insane. Um, <laughs> I'm almost looking right now to see if there's like another game that I could pick, so we don't literally pick the same thing. Um, okay, yeah, I got one. Okay, All right, so yeah. you can pick UConn, Utah State. I'll pick a different. One. Actually, no, no, I'll we'll pick Utah, Utah State. I'll pick a different one here. All right, so Connor has got uh Wyoming 
plus 11. Yes. Uh, Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Vandy is a eight-point favorite. That one's at 9.30 on CBSN. I'm going to go and say Dude. that Hawaii will cover that. Give me the points. The Rainbow Warriors. Yes. Give Hawaii, them the points. Hawaii plus eight. All right, folks. And the way this works, right, like Hawaii doesn't just have to win, although in this case they would, be, <laughs> they would cover the spread if they won. Uh, they have to cover the spread. So uh, I've got Hawaii. got Hawaii plus eight. The Rainbow Warriors, plus eight. I like it. I like it a lot. UConn, Utah State. All right, we're going to pick this one the same here. The line is Utah State minus 26 and a half. Give it to, I'm kidding. I'm going to pick UConn to cover here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Utah State last year finished 11-3, and three, defeated Oregon State 24-13. to 13. This is a sicko game to be sure. We're going to take the points. Uh, 26 and – or rather, it's not to quite take the points. Give me – Utah State, 26.5-point favorite. They will cover that spread and just totally demolish UConn. That game's on FS1. Oh, my God. Hey, welcome to week ah! Welcome to week zero. Hey, do you think they hit the over or no? It's 59.5. I think Utah State could potentially hit the over on their own. Oh, wow. You have that little faith in the Huskies? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> All right, Utah State covers. All right, our final game, and we'll give a score prediction here as well because that's what we did last year, and we'll yes. do it again this year. Nebraska Northwestern, the Huskers, 13 and a half point favorites, 50 and a half over under. This line is insane. I think we both kind of spoiled our picks earlier. I'm going Northwestern to cover this game. Nebraska will win, but no way they win by two touchdowns. I yeah, don't think. I agree. Uh 13 and a half point spreads feels like a lot. I it's hard, like if we had a game or two, you know in the books already, I would feel maybe a little bit more comfortable with this. Uh, but 13 and a half is a lot, even if Nebraska can run the ball really well. Uh, I think Nebraska wins it by a score of 20 to 13, so they win by a touchdown. Wow, a low-scoring affair. Probably going to be that, actually, especially if it's you know precipitous out there, a little precipitation. Uh, but Nebraska beats Northwestern. Northwestern does cover the spread. I just don't get it. Like Vegas really likes Nebraska, uh, and I don't know what their record was against the spread last year. I might need to f- find that out before next week. But you know, thirteen and a half points. Oh, God, that is just that is a ton. And part of it, I think, the line moves because the Huskers or fans are just betting like crazy on this. Husker Nation, you are one of a kind. <laughs> Even the over under, I I would be really. Yeah, closer that's, to the under. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I feel like the over under is kind of big there. I'm going to go Nebraska 27, Northwestern 21. I think that a six point differential in the final score. That's still under, by the way. Nebraska wins 27 21, an over under of 48. So it hits the under. So congratulations to you who bet the under in this game, according to my prediction. The Huskers start 1 0. One and zero. I think it's gonna. I think it's. It'll turn out better than last year. I. I trust. I do trust the leadership better. I trust the talent level better. Um, you know, offense is TBD. Offensive line TBD. But I think Nebraska wins. Scott Frost has not had a good start really to a season. He's won one opener. At Nebraska, you could argue his best start was in 2019, and that came with a horrible loss to Colorado on the road, which really kind of derailed that. I, as yeah, well. if I remember correct, he's won one opener. And it was University of Southern Alabama. 
and the game you're, was awful. You are right, and it was it a, was it not was a good sloppy win. game. The defense scored three times in that game. I'm pretty or defense and special teams combined scored three times that game. So yeah, that, that was a sloppy opener. But Nebraska starts out one and zero according to our predictions in a tight, what could be sloppy and what could be low scoring affair in week zero over in Dublin, Ireland. But Man, we are excited. Husker football is back. Yep. They're playing the Cats, and hopefully uh, we can get off to a, a good start here in Huskerland here this fall. So 27-21, my prediction. 20-13, to 13, Grant's prediction. We both have Nebraska winning. We both have Northwestern covering that spread. So uh, if you are betting Nebraska to cover, I mean, props to you because that's you, you're showing some some confidence there. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a large spread to bet, but... Any last thoughts before we head into the first game day of the year? College football is here. It's a good thing. Let's do it. College football is here. Nebraska hopefully will be 1-0. Not over, not just overall, but 1-0 in the Big in Ten. In conference, yeah. As well. High value. So a big game upcoming here in, in Dublin, Ireland. That game is at 11.30 a.m. on Fox uh, here at Nebraska time, so Central Standard Time. I believe it's about 5.30 Ireland local time. So be sure to tune into Fox. Uh, get all the people you need. Get everything that you need. Get all the red out of your closet. And let's do this thing. So that will do it for us on episode number 95 of Husker Sports Weekly. We talked about the Husker volleyball season starting up this Friday, which is tomorrow. And we previewed Nebraska Northwestern in week zero. As always, you can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and at Hanson, not Hanson, because I feel like I need to. E N, not O N. I need to overemphasize that really now. Really punch it. Yes. You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly and join the conversation there. And you can search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast networks to find our show, Northwestern and Nebraska, 11 30 a.m. in week zero this Saturday. Hopefully the Huskers can pull out a win and start off 1-0. We will talk to you again next week. But until then, go Big Red.